You are now tuned in to the Uncensored Podcast on Boss FM. Welcome to Uncensored with Boss FM. I'm your girl, Becca. And it's your party boy, Joey. And unfortunately, we do not have... And unfortunately, we do not have Kayla with us today, but don't worry. She is here in spirit, mind, body, and soul. You hear the yoga reference? <laughs> I cannot. It's a blank stare for me because now my stay. And you ain't got none of that. You know, I took um, a semester of yoga. and of anger management? Like the disrespect. But I love you. And I'm not an angry person. I'm a realistic person who takes violence as a possibility. <laughs> <laughs> this is why we can't have nice things. Go on, girl, go on. <laughs> go home, Roger. <laughs> I absolutely cannot and will not. Yo, Joey. But honestly, have there has there any like I talked about yoga, and I feel like a lot of people say, I want to try. I want to try yoga. I want to do this. Is there anything that you wanted to try, but just never got around to? Gymnastics. <gasps> oh, my God. And oh, here's God. the gotcha. Here's the weird thing about it. I'm a cheerleader, and I have never had gymnastics training in my life. So if I went and did a round-off backhand spring, back tuck, I, they'd be like, oh my God, who taught you? No, I was grounded every day of my life, bitch. This is why I had time and I had Power Rangers. That's all. I did not go to any tumbling classes. I had none. So I really wish I would have been able to do gymnastics. I would have been flexible and y'all would have been able to take me. And that's it. Oh my God, fun fact, right? Because your girl is a plus size figure woman, right? So when I was in high school, I was a cheerleader and nobody knew how flexible I was. And when I say nobody knew how flexible I was, I mean nobody knew. So it wasn't until one day during a game, somebody was like, oh, like Rebecca, was like we're talking about things that everybody can do. And it's my freshman year. And I'm like, oh, I can do a split. Everybody looked at me like, you could do a what? So during our homecoming, no, yeah, our homecoming game, we had our performance and I busted into a split in front of the entire school. I have video of everybody going crazy. I mean, I love the moment. She loved to shine. Honey, yes. They're like, how can you do a split? I'm like, honestly, when I was eight years old, I put um, soap all over the ground in the tub, and I slipped into a split. And ever since then, I got a split hands down. Okay. (laughs) But welcome to the show, y'all. We've got some good top news, some trending topics, a good, come on, white folks an awesome discussion of the day and some sports because you know how we do but we're going to take a quick break when we come back take a look at our social media while we're gone at the uncensored boss fm on instagram and twitter we'll be right back
Welcome back to Uncensored with Boss FM. I'm your girl, B-E-C-C-A. I'm just a party boy, Joy. I ain't doing all that today. J-O-E-Y-Y-Y-Y. Did you call me a hoe? Did you say J-O-E-Y? Oh, I thought she said, oh, I thought she said J-Ho-E-Y. Go ahead, girl. You see, you want me to be so mad. <laughs> <laughs> Tell the damn story. Let's get you guys some T-O-P news, okay? So let us talk about the person we've been talking about for a while, DMX. So his brain function is unchanged and his family faces hard decisions. So DMX has not regained any brain function nearly a week after his overdose. And the family may soon have to for, um, be faced with the, you know, tormenting decision of whether to withdraw his life support. And sources with direct knowledge tell TMZ the battery of the test performed on X Wednesday showed no improvement in brain activity since he was rushed to the hospital after suffering an overdose late Friday night. And as they reported, he had little brain function after being deprived of oxygen for nearly half an hour. And he remains in a coma, and they're they're still running tests, and things are not looking good. That's terrifying. And I could only imagine what situation or what decisions his family's got to go through. But I'm like, just, you know, I hate that he, at 50... This is the time of life that I said earlier uh, in the past show. This is the time where you're supposed to be enjoying life. You've made all this money. You've reaped such a thing for you and your family. You should be enjoying it. This is the last thing that people should be doing is, you know, overdosing on drugs. I hate that he did it, but this is such a compromising position he put himself and his family in. No, definitely. And, like, yes, my heart goes out to them. And another thing I want to mention, like, I didn't think it was ever confirmed that he overdosed. I remember I was reading this one article by, I believe, um, NBC News, and they were saying, like, there's speculations that he overdosed. But then at the same time, when I was reading the TMZ article and they talk about he overdosed, I feel like TMZ always has the right information. So... It's horrible. It's it's really it really makes me sad because of course I'm I'm older than you, but I grew up on DMX and Eve and huh? In dog years. <gasps> if that oh, girl, yes. Dog <laughs> years. Are you girl? Oh, that's a fight. We're gonna talk about that later. But <laughs> <laughs> but I grew up on like the Rough Riders and DMX and Eve and all that stuff and I'm just like you know he that I mean you can't it, it'll never be another but we're in 2021 we're not I mean these celebrities aren't in their 20s anymore like these guys you know you know Eve and, and DMX and I mean look at everybody everybody's chosen such a different past and I'm just like you could have been out here making more music. You could have been out here doing but much more. Now, you and Kayla had this discussion when I wasn't here. And I just want to give my my little critiques and comments and things. Now, I feel like when it comes to a lot of celebrities, especially well-known, popular celebrities who have built that fan base and basically that, that lifestyle for themselves, when you think about what you used in, what you did in drugs, when you think about Michael Jackson, people talk about drugs. 
now when you talk about the DMX drug, when you talk about even the younger kids, when you talk about um, XXS, um, Tentacion or whatever they used to call him. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He died of No, he died being shot. Yeah, he died being shot. Uh, can we wait pause boop stop the madness can we talk about that half of Demi Lovato and what she said earlier oh, today yeah, like well, she did drugs and she but, over here wh- but she we talked about DMX why is she turning around making about her that could have been me bitch that could have been anybody <laughs> I'm sorry that's not <laughs> what yes. you are rolling me so bad you have a whole lifetime document no YouTube documentary series Right. Like you have your moment to shine. Shut up. Yes. Let let us let us mourn and deal what we're what we're dealing with with DMX and stop worried about you. We 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 didn't had a couple times to worry about your ass. Sat down. First of all, nobody. I mean, unless you're a true fan of Demi, and it's sad. It sounds so rude of me to say. Unless you are a real fan of Demi, and you actually sit there and like follow her, you're not really gonna care. And I mean, I love Demi. I've always followed Demi's music. I was just like, it's such an inappropriate time to do that. Well, it's about me now. You you had your moment. You had your moment. You've had a couple moments. Let's worry about DMX right now. Like, the last thing she needed to be doing is typing, this could have been me. Like, sis. Right. Somebody's going to speak properly because you said your speech function is messed up right now. Girl, I was mad. Black owned man, a limited edition vegan burger with Shake Shack. I love Shake Shack. I love Shake Shack. I get me a chicken burger. No, yeah, a chicken bacon burger with cheese fries. And sometimes I get the nuggets, but the nuggets feel a little greasy to me sometimes. But the cheese fries, ooh, ooh. Girl, we got a we got a Shake Shack in Perimeter Mall, and I ain't been yet. That's because you don't know good quality burgers. Um. Do I trust you now or later? Oh, wait, what you say? Oh, you heard exactly what I said. You prefer to go to Arby's and all the shade happens. Girl, you want me to take this puppy off my head? First of all, (laughs) let me tell you something, ma'am. I am from Virginia Beach, and I am from an area where the seafood is high quality, heifer. So I know all about some good quality food. You like the burger, I like the seafood. Blat out. Okay, I like a nice crab leg too, but that don't mean nothing about a Shake Shack burger. Shake Shack, I don't follow it. Last Shake Shack I went to was in DC. And you see, and John, you know where it is, don't you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Over there. So basically, the black-owned slutty vegan has teamed up with the burger chain Shake Shack to release a limited edition melt-in-your-mouth vegan burger. So vegan chef Pinky Cole put her signature stamp on Shake Shack's Slutty Shack Slutty Shack vegan um, patty coming to the new selection locations this week. And locations that will be selling the limited edition plant-based burger include the Shake Shack in the Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta, Thursday, April 8th, and at the Shake Shack in Harlem, New York City on Thursday, April 8th, Friday, and Friday, April 9th. Y'all, 
<laughs> I be driving to New York all the time. Guess who's about to take a little trip to Harlem? Actually, let me stop lying to y'all. I tried one vegan burger before, and it, it wasn't even a burger. It was Dunkin' Donuts, plant-based, beyond um the beyond whatever, beyond meat. So you want to you out now or later. Who goes to Dunkin' Donuts and tries anything vegan? First of all, I love my Dunkin' Donuts. It's way better than Starbucks. Let's try that first. Second, don't look stuck. I said what I said. <laughs> Hold that thought. But like I was saying, when it comes to Dunkin' Donuts, I tried that whole like plant-based patty. It's like the Beyond sandwich or whatever. Absolutely disgusting. I, you can't, I know the difference between meat and plant-based. And you can't tell me that I could be convinced to myself psychologically that that's the same burger. But that's all we have for today for top news. But please head over to Instagram and Twitter at Uncensored Boss FM and share your thoughts with us. And we also want to send our, our, our prayers to the DMX family. And we want them to know that we keep them in our prayers as well. But we'll be right back. Everybody, you're back with Uncensored on Boss FM. It's your party boy Joey, and I'm here with Becca, and we're going to jump right on into trending topics. Go and ahead, you girl. already know before we get into the TOPIC, we have to talk about the birthdays. Cause Joey, happy birthday, happy birthday to you. Oh, I felt that one deep from the core. <laughs> But let's get to these birthdays. So we have Keisha Knight Pullum. She turned 42. And if you know who she is, she's... <laughs> what did I say? What I say? What came out my mouth is what I want to hear you say. What happened? <laughs> what did, I just want to make sure I said it clear. John, what I said? Did I say it clear? <laughs> what did I say? I said what it was, and I said what it wasn't. Right, just so we can be clear. Oh, okay. I just want to make sure I won't crazy. I know I had a couple sips of this margarita, but I know I'm not drunk yet. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to keep it going until I saw John's face. John looked like Girl. Our bad, Keisha. Oh my God. But Keisha, I told her. <laughs> Keisha, I told her three times. I said it was not Pliam. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, she said, and she still said pull them. <laughs> not an eye in there. Not a lick of eye. Go ahead, girl. I can't. Go. Uh-uh. Well, Keisha turned 42. Mm-hmm. 
Jasmine Sullivan turned 34. You're going to get her name right, though, right? It's not Sullivan. <laughs> Go ahead, girl. I'm sorry. I'm shut up. And then we have Lil Nas X. He turned 22. We have him the same age now? I'm older than Lil Nas X. Don't get too excited. And what are you doing in your life? That's what I was just about to say. I'm going to say, I have his bank account way farther than mine. Because he's going to hell in the strip poles. <laughs> I mean, sometimes, you know, the devil just got to see a little song, song. <laughs> you know that song? He was looking at me. No, I was looking at him and he was looking at me and I was thinking, oh, 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 oh. go to Marcus. Go to Marcus. <laughs> okay. So, y'all, love y'all a long time. Y'all have a great one. Go ahead, Becca. Y'all, but let's continue with top, the, the top, the trending topics. Because, man, have that, what that was, that was a really good laugh. That was a really good laugh. Thank you I'm so much for that one. Or you stressed that me out. Was, Go ahead. That tickled my whole trachea. Oh, God. So let us discuss Cardi B's tweets. Joey, you know you love to talk about her. What's her name again? Belle Calise Almanzar. Belle Calise Almanzar. I think I said that right. But let's talk about what Miss Belle Calise had to say. She said, I don't have to support female rappers. However, I still do it. There's a difference between having to and doing it because I want to. Then she also said... Don't come to my page. Don't mention my name. That ask why I'm replying when y'all are all in my quotes. This is my community. Once you, once you in my property, I can say and do what I want. The question is why y'all here? Who calls for y'all? And then she all, somebody else was saying, oh, we are here to remind, remember that you are still a lying rat. Do you know why you get so much hate? Because it's your karma. Remember what you did in 2018? Better go aware, <laughs> go aware, uh, um, go be aware of your unfaithful man. She said, "What did I?" She said, "What I did in 2018? Stand up for myself because I'm not a pussy. You want me to be a pussy so bad? My karma? Question mark. This is what comes with. You know, she cursed. I'm trying to be PG-13, guys." She said, my career is still very strong and y'all still got me on your mind and the millions is coming. So the karma feels real good. Let's not talk about, <laughs> let's not talk about man. And then she just basically continued talking about the whole situation because people were talking about how she doesn't, how like she's forcing herself to support certain female rappers. So here's my thing. I think that this is the one industry where women really don't support each other. I think the only people who really support in women's rap is Queen Latifah and um, MC Light and uh, Tiana Taylor. Kim be fighting. Uh, Nikki be fighting. Uh, she be fighting, but she still be supporting. Uh, Belle Police, Cardi. Now, here's my question before you continue. And I think this is a really good question. Why do people make it such a big deal for female rappers to support one another? Why do they have to shout out every person? Why do they always have to do that? Because I don't hear men saying, oh, I chose rapping because of 
DMX or someone like that? How many because, times do you hear that? Because women, because women are in a property now where they have to support each other because that's all they all they got. Because everybody is always after a woman. A woman can't do what a man does, or a woman be doing too much, or a woman is aggressive, or a woman becomes too masculine. Women need to support women. So in that industry, they're trying to do better in supporting men, uh, supporting women that are in a male-dominated field. And I think you'll probably see that with any marginalized group, including mm-hmm. black people, gay people, mm-hmm. women, black women. Oh, girl, the gays are horrible. We bottom shame. We'll talk about that later, but it's, it's still bad. The gays don't be supporting the gays. Okay, We're not going to talk about it now. We're not going to talk about it now. Um, but the women, the women supporting women is really what they do. They're supposed to do. Now, I usually don't care for what Belle Police says, but the reason why I really wanted to talk about this is she said it right there in the beginning. I don't have to support female rappers. However, I still do. It is not an obligation for her to sit there in a chair and say, oh, I love people like Lil' Kim. I listen to Sweetie. I listen to Nicki Minaj. I do this. I do that. You know how much backlash Nicki Minaj has gotten because people say she does not talk or give her um, credit to Lil' Kim. And she has in a video before. She said Lil' Kim. Mm, but her so she was coming up. She said that. But people want her to reiterate that every time. But they still be Finn, Lord. And how can you expect me to keep supporting people when every time I try to support someone, you gonna sit there and come at my neck talking about, well, you know, there's this person, they still beat you bar for bar. You don't compare. It's like when it comes to women, nothing could ever happen that they could do right. So why would I even put myself in the position where I'm gonna have to constantly support people that you're gonna put me against? Why am I gonna help y'all falsify a certain narrative? Well, here's my thing. As long as somebody plays how many licks and WTP, I'm a happy gay. Tiana Taylor and Lil' Kim, get your life. Women supporting women. I think you know what and I think that Brandy does a really good job at supporting women and she's not even in the rap chain but remember well, when okay, she did that what what equates to the support like what what is that support supposed to be shown being at? able being able to work together and make something together and benefit both benefiting off of it that is women in this game supporting women instead of going on a song and making a diss track because somebody has said something that or mentioned your name where you could have been like, you know what? I respect you too much. I don't need to give you all that. So features is a way of supporting. Mm, I always think features is a great, great support. I've always said. Okay, if that's the case, Nicki Minaj and Cardi B, they did that song with the Migos together. Y'all still pin them against each other. Right, but the only reason why that worked out is because Nicki is cool with Migos. And... Cardi is married to one of them. That's how they were able to coexist. And they weren't even in the same... When they're when they're going into a studio, they don't always have to be there at the same time. They're there to do, do what they're going to do and then go on about their day. And but she's according not, to your definition and uh, what you see as support, that's supporting one another. That's what I said. 
you know what? Because I feel like we're not going to get to a point. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to wrap this up. But please head over to our Instagram and Twitter at UncensoredBossFM and let us know what you think. And we'll be right back after this break with more trending topics. Uncensor with Boss FM. I'm your girl Becca, and we're about to head into our spring segment with Joey. Let's get started. Hey everybody, it's your party boy Joey, and I'm here to bring you top 10 things to eat. Spring foods that are completely perfect to eat around this time. Now, I must apologize, I sound a little groggy. I just got vaccinated and it is not sitting well with me, but the foods that I'm about to name to you are actually making me feel a lot better because I have all of them in my refrigerator or freezer. Now, springtime is the best time when you're going to grow foods. And I'm talking like my grandmother had a garden in her backyard. She had a big backyard and she grew eggplants, squash, bell peppers, cucumbers, watermelons, strawberries. She had banana trees. She had everything you could name. You would never have to go to a produce store to go get anything. She always had it. So these things that I'm getting ready to name to you are things you need to definitely have in your refrigerator because they are just perfect and rich with nutrients. Arugula. Now, you know, I love a salad. I only eat arugula for my salad and I'll get me some chicken and some feta cheese or some blue cheese and some ripened tomatoes and just throw them in there. It's wonderful. And it's rich with vitamin A and K and folate plus chlorophyll and fiber and even water. And then you've got artichokes. Artichokes are great. I love a spinach and artichoke dip. However, Dips may be a little high in cholesterol, but you do get your fill and it's really, really good. But the best way to eat them with healthy is put them in bowls with other veggies like nuts and seeds and make sure you drizzle just a little bit of olive oil on it, some extra virgin olive oil at that. Also try it with some canoia or some hummus. That's perfect too. Now, you also have asparagus. Asparagus is one of my absolute favorites, and my favorite way to prepare it is having it grilled with lemon. Boom, and it's abundant in vitamin K. And it helps with blood clotting, heart and bone health, cancer prevention, and many other functions. It's got copper, selenium, and B vitamins, which are really, really good for you. And it's simply delicious when it's sauteed with garlic, with a little bit of butter, some ghee, some coconut oil, and a little bit of vegetable or chicken stock. Boom, you got it. Beets are super, super good, and they're really, really big in nutrients, and they help lower blood pressure, boost your stamina, and support detoxifications. Sometimes you just need a good detox in your life. Trust me, I know. I try to do it as much as I can. This is the one time I get them done and summer because, you know, I'm trying to be thin for the kids. Now, carrots, we ain't even got to go there. You know carrots are everything. And the best way to eat them, you can eat them raw with a little bit of light ranch or a little bit of light blue cheese, chopping and slicing, shredding them, putting them into your juicer, getting some smoothies out of them. Perfect. Mint. 
Mint contains antioxidants called rosemary acid. And it's perfect. And those are really fresh and good in the spring as well. My mother has them all through her house. She's got mint leaves that she's grown in the back and then she keeps them refrigerated. So when she uses them for other things, peas are phenomenal. Peas are good in vitamin C and K and several B vitamins like magnesium and phosphorus and also protein. So you need them as well. Strawberries. Do we really have to talk about strawberries? Strawberries itself are amazing. I just eat them just to eat them. I put them in my smoothies just to put them in my smoothies. I don't need them, but I love them. Those are absolutely my favorite, favorite, favorite fruits besides peaches, mangoes, and kiwi. Um, and pineapples, but you know, pineapples are everything and they help lower and balance blood sugar. So that's really, really good. And how to eat them, of course, just cut the stems before freezing. If you want a little bit of sweetness to it, dip them in a little bit of chocolate if you want to. It's really, really good for that as well. Spring onions. Spring onions are super, super, super good. And how you eat them, you can eat them raw and put them in salads or tacos or simply saute them with some sea salt and some tasty caramelized onions. Radishes are absolutely good. They're great with toxins and removing wastes. And you should always marinate them with a Mediterranean herb canola salad or even juice them. So I hope you enjoyed. This is the one time to get fabulous, get slim, get healthy, eat these healthy things. They're completely for you. They're completely for me. I'm actually going to go buy some now. <laughs> so enjoy. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we have a couple more things for you in the show. Don't go away. All right, everybody, it's your flashback with B and J. I am your party boy, Joey. And I'm your bombshell girl, Becca. And we are going to talk something real messy today. Becca, what we got? So, you know, we had to throw this back to Dwight Howard. Ooh. So let us talk about him real quick. So in November 2019, he was addressing rumors about his sexuality. And that the reactions people have based on those rumors and the new perspective on himself as a gay athlete and others, right? Mm -hmm. So, so basically, he has sat down in an interview and he had said, I think that liberated me because I saw how a lot of people would feel, whether they're gay or they're straight. Whether they have issues, people are afraid to be who they are. They're afraid to just step out, step out and be. Because they're afraid of what others might say or think about them. That situation made me realize you're not like this, but just be you. Be free. Right? And then, as soon as he said that, everybody was like, well, huh? So, the, the reporter basically was like, I'm going to need some clarity on what you just said, sir. Because, huh? Because right. now you heard that, you automatically thinking that he trying to say that he a little gay. Mm -hmm. Right? So, he basically said, I'm not gay. It's a lot of what people who there it's a lot of people who are and they have to hide. And there's people who have mental issues and have that and they have to hide. There's people who have different problems in life and they have to hide. They have to put on a mask every day. And it's like, I don't want to wear no mask. I just want to be. Right? So what's your thoughts first before I continue? 
I think that a lot of people in this world have to hide because of what they fear society is going to think. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that it is a setup. I think it is a tragic setup at that. Um, I think that we as people worry too much about what other people think Mm -hmm. uh, instead of just being themselves. Um, I think that we live in a world, again, where masculinity is toxic and it's men thinking they can rule the world and that's where the most fear becomes you fear you fear that your homeboy isn't going to judge you and then you fear that the women around you are not going to want you so it's it's still a catch you know still a catch 22 but you're damned if you do damned if you don't and i specifically say just live your fucking life you're grown you pay your bills you pay your own bills just go ahead and do what you need to do and unfortunately we don't live freely in that lifestyle I definitely see what you do mean because I have a lot of friends who, you know, at one point they were hiding their sexuality and they were hiding the truth about themselves. And like, I remember my one friend, it was, we were in middle school and, you know, in middle school, when I, well, when I was in middle school, that's not conversations that we had. It's not yeah. that people even thought about. Now the conversation is more open for the dialogue, but that's not the conversations we were having in middle school. And my one friend, like, you know, she was, she was cutting herself. And I remember when she was cutting herself, I was like, what is, what are you cutting yourself for? Like, there has to be something that is paining you so bad that you do not want to release and speak on, speak on it. You know, and I'm that type of person. I'm not, I don't, even when I'm trying to be sympathetic, I don't sugarcoat. Right. So I was like, I don't want you to think that I'm yelling at you or nothing like that. I want you to understand that what you're doing is not only hurting you, but it's hurting the people around you. And if you have a stable support group who is willing to hear you out and listen to what you're saying, what you're saying, you don't have to inflict pain on yourself. Speak on it. And, you know, that's when she told me, she's like, you know, Rebecca, I'm gay. And I was like, girl, that's all you have to tell me. Like, and, and again, like, people are so worried about society now. <laughs> There's a lot of men that have an attraction to transgendered women. And I just want to clear up that men being attracted to fully transgendered women does not make them gay. Because transgendered women are women. If they have gotten their genital changed, they're no longer that sex. So if it was born a man, okay, great. That kind of weirds you out. I get it. But realistically, that's now a woman. How does that make you gay if you're with a woman? And I feel like a lot of times when people get into that topic, it gets real touchy because then people okay. get... People, okay. I think when it comes to anything that talks about like homosexuality or talking about anything within the LGBTQ plus community, it gets very touchy because... It's, I feel like it's ve- it's a very thin line between opinion and then it just being disrespectful, if you know what I mean. Right. I think sometimes people give their opinion and then once they say their opinion, they don't just state the opinion. Then they add their own biases and prejudices within it and everybody looks at them like, <laughs> you did not have to add that, <laughs> you know? That's, it. That's exactly it. So that's why when everybody heard this rumor about 
Dwight Howard, mind you, in basketball. I love basketball. And I have yet to hear of an openly gay NBA player. I know. Now, the one that was with Jeffree Star, he w- yeah, he was a base- bas- I said baseball. He was a basketball player. But he wasn't in the professional NBA league. He was in like right. one of like overseas leagues. You know? So that's the only one I can really think of. But let's talk about a little more about the whole accusations against him. So the interview that happened on July, in July 2019, basically came after Howard and a self-identified gay man, Mason Elijah, basically made accusations that the celebrities were in a same-sex relationship and those accusations have turned out to be false. But Howard consistently denied the claims, calling them false in an interview with TMZ, and he did so again in a new interview with Fox Sports. And he basically said, I went through a situation last year that really just set me free. It ended up with the situation that was. It went viral. People were talking about it and upset me because I didn't even know who the person was. Who was somebody who I never met, never had contact with, make up a whole story about me. I saw all the hate, the pure hate from people that I've never met before and just piled up everywhere I went. And so then Elijah claimed in social media posts last year that he had a sexual relationship with Howard and that Howard sexually harassed him, threatened to even plot to kill him. And he talked about it publicly, which he did by releasing audio recordings of a man he said was Howard. And then in March of 2019, Black Sports Online broke the story that Elijah was suing Howard in Georgia and also claims Howard cheated on him by having a sexual relationship with a transgender woman. And some reports have incorrectly identified Elijah as trans. So then Howard countersued in April of 2019. And then Elijah you know, he basically responded on Twitter saying none of this will matter in court. He can continue his rants to protect his image, but he knows like I know, like our lawyers know, I have proof he harassed and threatened me and threatened my lawyers. I said what I said. I stand by what I said. So then the whole situation started getting super messy because everybody was trying to keep up and like stay on track. They're like, wait, what, what, wait, 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 wait. What is happening? Right? And then, like, all this was, like, talking... Everybody, like, all, so like, blogs, social media platforms, like, those news ones, were all posting about Dwight Howard. And then, like, three weeks after the whole situation and all these updates kept coming out, Dwight Howard... Like, people just stopped talking about Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard wasn't on the NBA team anymore. Like, he just vanished out of the spotlight. And then... It's like months passed and then he ends up on a new basketball team. And then like people are like, so we just gonna act like we're still not sure what happened with the situation. Right. And I feel like he probably was praying that the whole situation just died down and everybody would be over with it. And that was in 2019 and we are in 2021. And I'm still waiting for answers. <laughs> <laughs> I am still waiting to hear what happened. It's it's a mess, but people need to mind their business. But yeah, you know, and I'm an advocate for always saying, you know, people need to mind their business. And I always said, if minding your business was a law, a few people would be in jail. Uh, Not even a few people, a 
a good amount of people will be in jail. I might even get a few years, you know? Hashtag Rosie the nosy neighbor. <laughs> but in this case, I don't know why I was so invested. Because I remember when this story first came out and I gasped on my apple juice. When I tell you my apple juice was stuck in my, the raw, you know, the side of your throat that you breathe through, all my juice fell into that, that side. I was choking. I was trying to figure out everything. I was just like, wait, what? I cannot deal. Because this was the second time an accusation like this was made against him. And it's just like one time's an accident, two times a coincidence. And if this happened a third time, sir, you need to come out and tell the truth. Let the kids know. <laughs> Definitely. But with everything, I don't know. Listen, he and in his interview, he was trying. I feel like he was trying to say something without trying to say something. And I feel like when he retires from the NBA, you guys heard it here first on Flashback with BNJ. When he retires, Dwight Howard going to open up about something. I oh, just, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because he, he don't owe nobody nothing now. Oh, I just know it. I know it and I know it. But that's all from flashbacks with B&J. Please head over to our Instagram and Twitter, Uncensored Boss FM, and share your thoughts about the whole situation and what were your thoughts when you initially heard the whole story. We'll be right back. All right, everybody, you're back with Uncensored or Boss FM. It's your party boy, Joey, and I'm here with Becca. And we did have our homeboy, John, jump in for just a few minutes. But right now, we're going to take a dip into some more trending topics. Becca, what we got? No, you know, as soon as you said dip, I thought of High School Musical, Sharpay, um, High School Musical 2. A dip in the pool, a trip to the spa. I can't take her seriously she's named after a dog. I can't take her seriously because she's named after a dog, but I love that. <laughs> I would never name my ch- uh, Sharpay. <laughs> oh, how about Petunia? No, that's an alter ego. <laughs> you know what? Let's get into this trending topic. So, y'all, I have been on Twitter heavily today, and we talked about Cardi B a little earlier in the show. Well, now let's talk about Boosie. Mr. Oh. <laughs> Not the ugh. Put your pussy on live. I'll give you a thousand dollars. Yes, sir. Let me stop. Does he have that, <laughs> though? He has bank, okay? Wipe okay. it down. Wipe it down. What? That's a jam. <laughs> Joey said he's not here for me. So basically, he went to Twitter and said, you gotta die. You gotta die or come home from jail to get love in this world. Now, before I give my own opinion, what do you think about that? I can understand where he's coming from in regards to that, because I feel like there's people who don't really offer the love, but I, I don't I don't love Boosie. I've, I mean, if he went to jail, came out, I wouldn't love him. If he died, I still wouldn't love him. No shade. But um, I now when it comes to Boosie personally, like I don't really care for him. It's his I wouldn't kiss on him with Bernie. It's you know I've said that about someone before. And I put <laughs> and that's when Mary had a little lamb. 
anyway, I can't say I agree with your 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 your, your quick comment, but <laughs> I like I said I don't like Boosie for like a lot of things that he does. But, uh, some of his shenanigans really get a rise out of me. Like I will crack up sitting right here. Like when he said put your pussy alive, I give you a thousand dollars. That killed me. I don't know why it was so funny, but it cracked me up. But anyway. So when I saw his tweet, the first thing I thought about is when it comes to a lot of rappers, we need to think about their upbringing. They come from a certain area or a certain certain lifestyle where love wasn't really a conversation. Like if people showing you love was based off of like, oh, if you gonna shoot this person for me or stuff like that. If they came from that lifestyle that dealt with a lot of gang activity and stuff like that. When it comes to people dying or going to jail, I always see how much love they get. They're either putting a bio, RIP, little juicy, little whatever, or if they go to jail, free my homie this, free my homie that. Um, like, you know, you gonna get, you, you're not gonna be in lockup no more. They, I always hear things like that. But when they're standing right next to you, why do you not show them the appreciation that you feel like they need? And I feel like that speak that also speaks a great deal about upbringing, because, like I said, I have the same amount of friends I've had since high school, and I mean, gr- gradually, you know, changed some out, brought new ones in. But I always, no matter what I'm doing, I am always showing gratitude in the way that I carry myself in regards to my friends. Um, and there's a lot of people who just don't roll that way, but they expect that kind of loyalty but don't want to give it so then when you start seeing people saying rest rest in peace or r.i.p little this or you know put the guns down and i can't believe you was gone i just talked to you last month yeah there's nothing in comparison to speaking to somebody last month and speaking to somebody yesterday definitely like with all my friends before we get off the phone we tell each other like even though we be talking to each other like hey bitch like i hate you yeah Right, we always you say, before you hang up that phone, you say I love you. But I love you, sis. Like, yeah, oh, every. Oh, I'm, and all my friends know, like you know, you go through those moments where you're just not mentally available for everybody, and right. that's completely okay. My best friend and I, we don't talk every day. We don't. We you know, talk my best, every, my best friend and I talk every day. We don't play those games. We don't speak every day because I know as long as we got each other's location, she'd be on my location, I'd be on her location. If her location don't seem right to me, I'm gonna hit her up. And I'm like, we and her are connected to the point, like, if she, I could sense, even though she's all the way in Georgia, I could just sense that something's wrong with her. Like, and I'm like, I'll hit her up, like, what's wrong with you? Like, are you okay? And like, this is with all my friends, like, which is why this is the only reason why I have a certain group of friends because we're all just connected in that aspect like well i want to call you because i don't know i just feel like there's something wrong with you right now and you don't understand how much you appreciate that when someone does that for you because it's just like dang you really there for me you really be thinking about me my friends are the same way like alex alex i mean he's the really like financially stable friend that i have um and I mean, we, when stuff went down and I was fighting people, he called me, he was like, we're, we're, if you are if you get arrested, where are you going and how much bail money do you need? I got you. I will be oh trying. He's the one we called and did the prank on. 
Yeah. <laughs> when I got the internship, he spent over $300 on food for me when we went to SDK. Just just for me getting an internship. Ooh, I love that. Like, like any, like, and I mean, like, these are the same friends that come to my mom's house whenever they're, we're all in town together. We'll sit by the pool and drink. Like, those are the kind of friends that I have. And my friends know me. Like, I can answer the phone. Or I can post something, and they'll call me. Instead of messaging me on Instagram, they'll call me and be like, what, bitch, what happened? What you need me to do? Like, I have, I have literal ride-or-die friends. As you should. And I feel like a lot of times, one thing I've learned about love and love being shown genuinely was all my friendships after high school. Right. It's not until I graduated high school and dropped everybody that I knew what it's like to have actual friends that care about you. Like I never had any of my other friends pull up to my birthday. Not the birthday. Pull up to my house for my birthday with surprise balloons and things like that. And it wasn't until we were in quarantine and mind you, June 18th, quarantine ended June 22nd for us in Jersey. My friends pulled up for my birthday because I said I wasn't going to do nothing. I was just going to chill at home all day. Pulled up with balloons and bought me food and everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's what that's what kind of that's what friends are for. So when people don't get to experience that, I just I can't deal. So, but um... and that's all we have for our trending topics, y'all. But don't worry. We got more coming up in the show up next, but stay tuned and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at SunsetBossFM to share your thoughts with us. We'll be right back. everybody you're back with uncensored on boss fm it is your party boy joey and it's your wonderful bombshell girl becca had to bring the show tunes to y'all but joey i have a question because my friend and i got into a whole little debate about this today oh god okay most of your best friends start off as people that you actually hate but then they become the realest people that you ever met Okay, so funny story. <laughs> Me and Alex, I wanted to fight Alex. I wanted to fight Alex more than anything. So we lived in Virginia and we met in a bar and to have a mutual uh, friend who he just so happened to, well, he wasn't my friend, but he was dating a guy. The guy broke up with Alex and or Alex broke up with him and dated one of our mutual friends and then after they broke up we all started hanging out and then me and Alex became closer and Sam went off and did his own thing and then me and Alex became best friends but I wanted to be Alex's ass when I first saw him like knock his block off knock the blonde off of him and now you know, honestly that, that's my best friend and I too like when me and her we first met in 6th grade and she's Haitian too so everybody was like Oh, so y'all gotta be best friends. And I had a slick mouth, and she had a no tolerance for slick mouth. So we just never got along. And we always just wanted to fight each other. Like, it was to a point where I was about to drag her, and she was gonna try and drag me. And it's not until we hit eighth grade, and we realized that this one girl I was friends with was just an idiot. And we just bonded.
bonded off that one fact that she's an idiot. And ever since that day, she's my really circle friend. Like, if I have anything, she's the first person I'm calling. No, I think Alex is the only friend that I've had to where, like, I want to knock his block off. Everybody else, we just, like, was cool. Because I was in high school. I was the popular kid, not gonna lie. Everybody knew me. I got along with all groups. I got along with jocks and the cheerleaders, obviously, and you know, the smart people. I'm not gonna call them dorks, because that's not nice. Um, I was friends with the goths. I was friends with everybody. So um, I just kind of meshed in wherever. It was just like, okay, cool. And then I met my best friend, Mikey. And when me and Mikey met, I was kind of like weird, because I knew I was gay. And I was just like, okay, this is gonna be really, really weird. Like somebody's gonna be trying to talk to me and I don't know how he feels. And I don't want him to be trying to say something slick with me. I don't know how it is. And I'm in eighth grade, I got this big ass mouth too much. So yeah, but no, love my friends, make good friends. That's all. But please stay tuned because we have our question of the day and our come on white folks, but technically come on black folks up next. Welcome back to Uncensored with Boss FM. I'm your girl Becca, and you're also sitting pretty and tall with your party boy Joey. And unfortunately, we don't have Kayla here with us, but we will make sure to keep our personality big in her absence. We are about to head into our come on white folks segment, but y'all, we're not just gonna focus on the white folks today. We're gonna have our come on black folks because a lot of these black folks need to be checked and brought back to reality. So we're gonna talk about how a coach decided to make a really good point until he did it and decided to talk about his white wife. Let's listen to the audio. Right, this is Hubie Brown, the first black basketball coach for North Carolina, the University of North Carolina. significance that I'm fourth African-American head coach in any sport in the history of the University of North Carolina. I'm very proud to be African-American, but I'm also very proud that my wife is white and I'm very proud that my three beautiful, unbelievable kids are a combination of both of us. It is significance. right there with him and honestly this is the point I thought he was gonna make him talking about like how you know this is another historical thing that he's a black man within this organization and how like you know we need to stop having the fourth the fifth and constantly have this representation that's where I thought it was going and as he mentioned it it was the but I'm also very proud to have a white wife that threw me down the slide and tossed me up in the merry-go-round because what? Not threw you down the slide. And tossed me around the merry-go-round. I Just so it, it does not shock me um, at all because of course you know there are many men in sports clearly um, that have white wives who are black um, mm-hmm. or even Hispanic. Um, so this is it is it is it is it 
kind of not disappointing, but discouraging a little bit. But he's in love. That's who he's married to. Um, and he said he's proud to have mixed kids. But I hope that what he's doing with these mixed kids is he's te- making sure that they know about their black culture. Mm. I hope that's what he's doing. If he's so proud of it, make sure you're proud to be a black man. Make sure you're showing these kids why you're proud to be a black man. Mm. You know, I'm really glad that you said that. Because it's a lot of times when we talk about mixed kids and they go through their own struggle with their own identity. Oh, yes, God. They truly are. And they don't understand the other part of them. Like, they only see the part where people classify it as having a white life, a white privilege, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. kind of aspect to them. And they don't really see a lot of the struggles within the black community because they are mixed. So... One, I sometimes I do feel bad for mixed kids because it's like you're you're either too white to be with the black community, but then you're also too black to be with the white community. Uh-huh. And it's just like I think they struggle a lot because they feel like they're not accepted from both sides. And I feel like and- that that feeling that they have is a little ounce of what black people go through every day. Right, and it's frustrating. Right? It's very, very frustrating. I think, you know what? I sit here and I look at a... In the relationship of Sierra and her husband and just the pride that he has with loving his wife. And... His black wife. And there are not a lot of men that do that. But then now they're looking at him as weak because he does that. So now society has put us black men in a way of not we don't respect our wives and you know when I was going through the comments of him speaking on this right first of all your name is Hubert your parents fucked up there anyway (laughs) but the second thing I had to mention is a lot of people in the comments were like oh he mentioned his white wife to get the approval from from the white community and that he also said he's been waiting his whole life to say that he has a white wife. And, you know, he, they said he had a lot. He had a let master know he's still in line. Oh, mm. <laughs> yeah, it's just funny to me because it's like the way he dropped that and incorporated it into his whole speech is what has people a little dumbfounded. Because it's just like, when I tell you I was nodding my head standing tall sitting tall listening to a dark skinned black man speak I was like oh yes he about to put knowledge on us until I heard but I'm also proud of my white wife and this has nothing to do with the fact that you sitting that your wife is white right it, so we want you to be proud of your wife your wife is probably doing great things right I mean I don't really care about her like I don't care to know about her I don't care to look her up it's the fact that you said, but I also have a white wife. And then you also com- comment on the fact that your kids are mixed. And I feel like a lot of people have a, are going to sit there and say, okay, well, his wife is white and his kids are mixed. So what did you expect him to say? I didn't expect him to mention anything because it didn't even go with the point that he was trying to make. Right. I saw no correlation. It didn't make sense to me. It didn't make sense to me. Like, be now, proud of your That's wonderful. We're so very happy about you being proud, but what was the point that you were trying to make? Because realistically, the mindset again that I'm gonna have is you having mixed kids, what are you teaching these mixed kids about the culture? 
definitely. And when I That's sent this video to everyone this morning, I said, everyone, hold your comments for the show. So, mm -hmm. John, I'm going to put you on the spot for a hot second. What were your <laughs> thoughts when you this video? Um, that this dude is probably a Republican. <laughs> and that this sounds like he believes in, like, that we live in a post-racial world. Where he's like, yeah, it's a it's a big deal that I'm the fourth black coach of any sport ever at this major athletics university. But you know what else is a big deal? My white wife. I don't know. It seems... It seems very weird and very like missing the point, but you know. Oh, he missed the the point by a whole roller coaster, by an entire roller coaster. I di I didn't see where he was trying to go with it at all, and I feel like it goes to the bigger conversation of a lot. And like you mentioned, Joey, you see the way that people sit there and try to criticize Russell Wilson for supporting Sierra and loving her no matter what because she's black but as soon right. as you see a black man with a white woman I feel like my best friend always says this and I always try to bring her mind back to like oh don't think like that but honestly sometimes you can't help but to see it that way that the treatment half these men the black men give their white wives compared to the treatment that they give to their black wives is completely different because another example I could think of, Kevin Hart. Mm. His wife's not even white. She's mixed. Mm -hmm. But he don't respect her, obviously. He don't, he didn't, he, didn't, he, didn't he cheat on her when she was pregnant? Yeah, and he said he uh. cheated on her. And when he cheated on her, it was great because it made her stronger. I ain't never heard no such in my life. <laughs> Cheating on me ain't gonna make me stronger. It's gonna make me strong because I'm be in jail and all I got left to do is lift weights all day. But that's the only way the conversation happened. But in this case, Hubert, you're an idiot. And this is why you will always be our dummy of the day for our come on white folks. Because what? What? Because <laughs> you are really dumb. You're really dumb. Damn. 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 But that's all for our Come On Black Folks, which is our, you know, little switch up, little twist on our Come On White Folks. But please head over to our Instagram and Twitter at UncensoredBossFM and let us know what your thoughts are. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Uncensored with Boss FM. I'm your girl, Becca, and you're also sitting pretty and tall with Joey. I'm about to head into our question slash discussion of the day. So, Joey, let's get into it. So, we all know that what is happening with DMX is a very touchy thing for his family and would be for any family that is going through it. So, the question of the day is, it regards to life ending situations where we're asked if we're going to pull the plug on someone that we love or if someone makes a decision to where they live in a, a terminal illness and they decide that they want to just go ahead before it takes them go ahead and just 
euthanize euthanasia for themselves wh what is your mindset on this how do, how would you feel if you were put in this situation i remember when i was in history class and we were having a conversation about euthanasia and how like there was a certain case that involved this which then euthanasia actually became a point of discussion right mm -hmm. and i remember we had like a we decided to have a little discussion about it and you know a lot of people in this class were like i don't think a doctor has any right to do that da, da, da. and i said but what if the person who has the illness is physically asking that doctor to end their life their pain and their suffering and they're like, that's not up to the doctor to actually oblige that. Da, 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 da. And then they brought into the fact, like, you know, when people overdose, they're quick to shit up, sh to sh shoot up, like, put a needle of them to, like, I forgot what's the, it's like, is it benzene? Or, it's the, I think it starts with an N. Like, if you're overdosing on a certain drug, they shoot, like, Narcan. Yes, Narcan. They put it into your arm and, like, you know, you come back to life. They're like, if they're willing to bring people who overdose back to life in this aspect, why are they so willing to put something else in them to basically kill them because they're asking for it? And I was like, your point just made no sense. But I think people have a fear of suffering. I think that people really have a fear of suffering. Um, oh, I definitely I, I do too, um, but I enjoy, I love life. I think that although shit that's happened, um, I, I live a very good life. So if someone were to, if I were gonna be in a spot, case in point, okay, let me say this. I don't know if y'all knew I was in a car accident when I was little. Um, and unfortunately my sister did not, my oldest sister did not survive. Um, they told me that I would be in a vegetative state for the rest of my life. And before even that happened, if I were to survive, they gave my parents the option of, did you want to turn off this machine and pull the plug or not? And they had, my sister had a zero chance of survival where I had a 50% chance. And my mom was like, absolutely not. Because I, I, if, if I would rather have him here, then have him, you know, because he could he could easily miraculously, and lo and behold, I'm dead. Here I am, your fabulousness. But I'm happy that my mom didn't pull that. I'm happy that my dad didn't do it. But certain certain situations are going to be completely different from mine and Jaquel's. So it's you know, it not everybody's going to be like, hey, go ahead, you, you thinking, go ahead, let us remember in Medea where he got shot and Ellen, uh, Helen told him, to, told the doctor to uh, keep him on that thing and he wound up recovering? Oh, no, 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 no. I, I'm saying, I definitely, I think when it comes to that conversation and having a family member choose whether they, like, that's a heavy decision. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people make it seem like that's such an easy decision to make because everybody wants to believe in miracles. Everybody wants to have hope that something good can come out of a terrible situation. So I'm sure his family right now is praying. I'm talking about DMX in this aspect. Yeah. I'm pretty sure his family praying and hoping that something changes, that they hear an ounce of good news because nobody wants to have to make that choice and be stuck with that what if thought. 
Right. Because that now, what if thought is Joey, draining. Yes. Now, Joey, with in your case, if your mom had decided, okay, you know what? You guys told me all this. And even though I want to have all this hope and hope for a miracle, I don't want him to suffer. I don't know what he what he's feeling right now while he is in that state and on, you know, life support or whatever. Imagine she made that decision. But you know what? To know my mom is to know, like, I'm going to fight. I'm gonna, And I did. And I did. Yeah. I'm going to fight. My mom, mm-hmm. any any woman and any man in my family, if anything, they, we are fighters. Um, mm-hmm. And to know, actually to know my grandmother and to know my mom together would be a perfect example of why my, I'm glad my mom didn't pull. Because I would have, that, that would not have been the life that I would have had. And I'm thankful for it. Um, but if, 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 if it were to happen, my mom would have still loved me the same. And I just would have been living with my mom until I was 60 years old. Somebody would have been taking care of me. But ultimately, um, we we come from a line of fighters. So, I mean, I just, I knew that I wasn't going to give up at three. And she knew I wasn't going to do it. It was, But my sister had a 0% chance. So there was nothing that we could do on that. But if we have a 50% chance with somebody else, I'm doing it. Now, I haven't had the conversation with uh, my family members about their wishes in regards to if something were to happen to that. But I know that ultimately, no matter what, I would make the decision that would be best for them and I would choose for them not to suffer because I understand how difficult that is. And I understand... I'm glad that you mentioned that you haven't had that conversation yet. Because if you really think about it, who really sits there and has that conversation unless they're put in the position to have that conversation? Well, because I have have an aunt. I have an aunt who I'm very close with. She's by herself, and I'm her closest, and I'm her beneficiary. So if something were to happen, I'm going to get the first call. Mm -hmm. And my brothers aren't going to get it. My dad's not going to get it. Huh? But have you talked to her? It's like, if you were in a life-threatening situation and you're put on life support, what would you like? Have you ever sat there and just asked the question that lady? If I, would me, I would be having that conversation with them. Because I'm not going to have that idea that something is going to, something's going to happen to me. However, my mother has been through this before. So she's going to ultimately make that decision before anybody else does. But I have to have that conversation with both of them because I'm both, I'm my mother and my aunt. I'm their beneficiary. So it's going to come to me even before I think it may go to my stepdad. I, I think I'm going to be the one to make the decision. But that's a conversation that has to happen. Mm-hmm. Because, and it should. It's early, early. You know, I was watching this one Lifetime movie. And sometimes Lifetime movies are based off of true stories. I know, I've seen. Girl, prayers for Bobby wore me out, but go ahead. <laughs> so basically in the movie it was kind of like that situation it was like it was her boyfriend but her parents were there and like they got he got into a really bad car accident and the doctors were saying that he wasn't gonna make it or stuff like that and then he was 26 and the girlfriend was 24 his parents were there like well he's on life support and like they're like he's been on life, life they're like he has a do not resuscitate on his account not account on like on his record. Don't mm-hmm. So if he does die, 
or like he's in that position where he's about to die, losing breath or anything like that, he does not want to be resuscitated. And when yeah. they found that out, they went ballistic. And then the doctor, like they start going off on the doctor saying, why would you even allow this for people to da, 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 you know? And he's like, it's really their choice. If he does not want to be resuscitated, what is the doctor going to say about that? Right. That's very true. I think I've seen and what we have to stop normalizing and we have to stop normalizing is a lot of these doctors make the decisions before anybody else does. Because there's been times where these families are so wrapped up in, wrapped up in grief that they're not able to process what's happening. And I get that, but you have to allow these families, whoever, to just really grip themselves and make the decision for these loved ones. Because a lot of these doctors are making the decisions now. But another thing that I'm glad you mentioned about the doctors is when that situation does happen, the amount of care that they give, like the medicine that's needed or anything like that, isn't provided to them at the, the at like the full effect. So it's not right. it's not just making decisions for them. You just start pulling back on the necessities and the things that person may need to actually function and stay alive. Right. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Um, so if if you if something were to happen to you and I'm not even going to give it 50 I'm going to give it about a, a 60% chance of survival for you but it just wasn't looking good right now what would you prefer I'm, I remember I said this to my parents once and they like did not want to hear that I was like if I ever look like I'm suffering don't bring me back to life so you said just have them pull the plug if I look like I'm suffering, do not. But what? But what if you have the possibility to recover and and get better? I don't know. I feel like I'm a very courageous and brave person, but there's just like a limit to that. I like when I tell you I have a fear of pain to the point where I will deal with the headache. But if you told me I had to get surgery so my headaches can stop, I have a fear of actually dealing with the post-surgery. Like, all that pain, being stiff, sore, I die. I can't do it. <laughs> can't do it. I said that if I had a less than 30 chance of survival, just pull. But I just, I just, that's just me. But... On that note, we're going to go ahead and end this on a sad topic. We don't want to talk about death because death is not beautiful. We're praying for life and happiness for all of us. But we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to hop into some sports. And then we will do a nice little recap for y'all for the ones who are just tuning in and missed the show. We'll be right back. All right, everybody, you're back with Uncensored on Boss FM. If you are just tuning in, sadly, you've missed our show. But don't worry, because you know we always hang out with a podcast or two that you can listen to so you can see exactly what we talked about. But since you're here, we're not going to let you go home empty-handed. We have our topic. So, Becca, go ahead, girl. 
So for today, for our T.O.P. news, we talked about how DMX's brain function is unchanged and the family faces a possible hard decision on whether to pull him off of life support. And our heart goes out to the family of DMX and he is in our prayers at Uncensored. And we also talked about Black-owned slutty vegan lands a limited edition vegan burger with Shake Shack. And then we also had a wonderful trending news. We gave you some birthdays and Rebecca messed up on, you know, when don't I mess up on people's names, honestly. And so it was a great little giggle in the chat. We also talked about some of Cardi B's tweets where she talked about supporting female rappers and how she doesn't need to, but she does. And we also talked about Boosty's tweets when he mentioned when people die or go to jail, that's when the world seems to love them. We also came in with a come on white folks, but in this today, we had come on black folks. A good old coach was telling us about how proud he was to be a black man, but how proud he was to have a white wife and some mixed kids. So we're hoping that you're so proud about the cultures, you're teaching them about all the cultures that they're in. But that's just me. And then we also had a great question of the day, which was with DMX going through what he's going through in his family, the decision on pulling the plug for your family and not letting them suffer or putting yourself in a situation to where you don't have to suffer anymore. What would you do in that situation? And we also had a great sports segment, which hopefully you didn't miss because we talked about how Darius Morris, how he, his how the person, the female who accused him of basically abusing him is backtracking on her statement. And we also gave you a good springalicious... Oh. Go ahead. (laughs) He gonna cut that part out. (laughs) Uh, And we also had a wonderful spring segment with Joey where he keeps us updated and posted on everything that's happening throughout this beautiful spring month. Because how does the phrase grow? April showers bring May flowers. And, and I'm a May baby, so I know. It's a blessing. <laughs> well, we about to rain ourselves out of this show, but thank you for tuning in with us. And like Joey mentioned, please head over to the Boss FM app and see our podcast and old episodes that we've had as well so you can stay up to date and laugh with us as always. Bye, y'all. Bye.